Hey you, welcome to Taylor Shapers of Influence podcast, where we discuss the people, places, and things that will influence us. We'll dissect the integrated worlds of marketing, pop culture, and everything in between, from fashion, to sports, to entertainment. We're not only creating conversations, we're leading them too. Join us. Welcome to the latest episode of Shapers of Influence, Taylor's podcast. I'm Dave Finn, account director in the New York office. I'm joined by Lori Edwards, also a New York office compadre. She helps to basically run everything in our office from an operations standpoint. Say hi, Lori. Hi. And I've also got Maeve Hagen, president of Taylor Charlotte, who I've also worked with for a long time, but just from afar. She used to live in Hoboken, used to work in New York. What's up, Maeve? Hi. So we've had a lot of different topics over the course of this podcast run, been very smart topics. We're gonna go into work culture, take a little bit of different tack. And knowing that Lori and Maeve have been around Taylor for how long? Tell tell us how long you've been around. Oh, Maeve, you first. Is it 13? Combined, combined. probably like over 30 years. Yeah. You guys know what's up. Yeah, it's been a while. And I've been a tailor for about five, and I've known both of you for that entire time. So I think we can try and dig into what we've learned in our careers, both at Taylor and beyond, uh, about work culture and what, how that impacts um, you know, the job that we do for our clients and, and the job that we do for ourselves as well. So, um, you know, we're, like I said, we have Lori and myself based out of the New York office. Maeve's down in Charlotte. Taylor's also got uh, remote offices in L.A., Chicago. Uh, and a couple of people scattered uh, in other cities, if I'm not mistaken, at this point. But uh, As yeah, we they, all are right now. That's true. And let's talk about that elephant in the room. None of us are in the office at all. So we're talking about work culture from very afar. Uh, and that we'll get into that a little bit later about the challenge that is posed and what that means going forward if we're going to have more remote work. But I first wanted to ask you, Maeve, about what you see as the definition of a positive, welcoming, inclusive work culture. What that means to you, how you've seen that through the years. Mm. It's a good question. Good topic. I mean, you know, one of the things that, and I feel like it's a little cliche, but one of the things that I've always sort of um, hung my hat on is, is this a place that I am okay to get up and go to every morning? I mean, until, what is it now, seven months ago, we all, we did the grind, right? We got up, we left our families, left our homes, commuted sometimes anywhere between, you know, 20 minutes for those closest to any office, upwards of, you know, some of our colleagues, like God bless our Melissa Januzzi, who probably has taken out rent in a New Jersey, New Jersey bus at this point, or a stock in New Jersey transit, I should say, um, you know, what is going to make me want to and continue to, uh, you know, have the drive to leave my family every day and spend a tremendous amount of time, sometimes more time with my work family than my own. Um, what's going to make me do that? And to my simple answer is, you know, the people that, that we're surrounded by on a daily basis. And to be honest with you, it actually doesn't matter to me if it's 
in New York and virtual via phone or via Zoom um, or in person in, in Charlotte. Um, it's, it's all about the feeling that you get, not necessarily just 100% about, you know, your in-person involvement or interactions with those around you. That's important. Don't get me wrong. I think another, you know, important piece to, to a workplace culture is just, you know, feeling like, you're welcome in that space, I think is really important. Um, and I think we've done a good job of that uh, across the board at Taylor. But, um, you know, how, how horrible would it be if you walked into a space and you felt like you didn't belong there or people didn't want to, you know, hear your voice. So I, I think that some of those things are, are key and, and um, key components to, you know, how to, what you're looking for. Um, when you're looking for a welcoming culture. Maybe use the word welcoming a few times. And Laura, you literally welcome people in on normal days during normal times in the New York office from the front desk. We step off the elevator, we see your face, which is always, I mean, I'm biased, but always a good way to start and also end your day. What's your perspective on that as the person who literally helps to welcome people into the office during normal times? Well, fortunately and unfortunately, I've walked into many offices, whether it's business, doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, and you're greeted by that front desk person. And being a New Yorker, born and raised, I've come across a wide variety of receptions and welcoming committees, so to speak, uh, on behalf of that either privately owned or publicly owned space. And it's always resonated with me how I felt when I walked in, how I was greeted, if I was greeted, if my presence was acknowledged, if that person was paying attention, if they smiled, like how those things made me feel entering that space. So when I started to tailor, it was really important to me to make sure that each and every person that stepped off the elevator that came into our space through me got the feeling of what the overall office felt like, that we were a collaborative atmosphere, that we were a welcoming atmosphere and an open atmosphere. And that goes to waste if you don't get it at the onset. It's, it's like the old cliche that says, you only get one time to make a first impression. Mm -hmm. And that first impression is the moment you step into someone's office space or into a building, how it, it affects your whole persona. So it's always over 13 years, it's been important to me that everybody coming and going gets, feels that so they understand what we represent. Mm -hmm. so, so I feel like both of you have kind of gotten into a bit of the big things that really matter in creating a culture that's positive and welcoming and open, but also the little things that maybe don't find their way into um, formal policy, let's say, that make somewhere welcoming and open. I call it more the little things. So I'm interested just to talk a little bit more about the balance between the little unspoken things, the little, the little things that happen, whether it's a, a nice welcome from Lori or passing somebody in the hall, um, and then the big structural necessary things that need to happen to foster 
a workplace. Let's start with some of the, the bigger stuff. And it's definitely top of mind uh, through this period of time. We're sitting here, you know, September 2nd, 2020. Uh, a, a lot has, has happened over the past five or six months. And, and I think every company has had a, had a chance to take a hard look at itself in the mirror to, to make sure that it is representing what it says it's going to represent. And so um, with Taylor United, uh, Maeve, do you want to just give a quick kind of recap of what Taylor United has emerged as here over the last five months to keep us together and to reflect our beliefs and our values in a big way? I mean, I think it's a good reminder that honestly, no matter where we are, uh, whether it's you know still in New York, still in the same apartment that that folks have been in, um, even if they were going into the office or in Charlotte or with our family, you know, with a family in Texas or out in Montana or wherever it might be. Um, it's just a good reminder that we are still all connected. We're connected with one another, not just through work, but, you know, we have invested interests in each other's lives, um, whether it be personal or professional. Um, and it's just a good reminder that we're sort of all in this together. I know it's been a sort of public rallying cry a bit, but it has felt like we are living that through Taylor United. Um, and it's a good feeling because I have the unique um, experience of working out of the New York office and then for almost a decade and now you know we've been in Charlotte for coming up on six years which is wild to think about but I've I've always said um, that the culture in New York and the culture in Charlotte is not that different and it's completely different people I'm the only person right now that has come from New York to Charlotte and um, that culture remains the same. It's welcoming, it's inclusive, it's energetic, it's positive, it's um, just got a good vibe about it. And um, to tie back to your question, Dave, it's really about how we've been able to translate that in-office culture, no matter which office you're in, to Taylor United, which is essentially no office at all. I mean, I'm in my guest bedroom in my house, you know, with the door locked, trying to keep a crazy four-year-old outside. <laughs> like it's a, it doesn't matter really if you're in the New York office or in the Charlotte office or, or in your home spare bedroom office. Um, Taylor United is really all about bringing that vibe into, you know, it, it, it really seeping it deep into, into our cultural being as an organization. Yeah. I think that I, I've certainly seen a big impact um, from our diversity and inclusion uh, initiatives that started you know years ago but have really been very important here over the last five months and keeping everybody together uh, and keeping everybody engaged and so I may may know how instrumental you have been in those efforts especially in recent years is anything come to mind uh, when it comes to DNI uh, that has really had a positive impact on Taylor especially in recent months and years Hmm, that's, it's a good question. I think, you know, the, the one thing that comes to mind immediately, and it, it could be just kind of like the, the onslaught of, of news that we're taking in right now, is how shameful would it be if now was the moment that, shameful might be a strong word, but if now was the moment we were... Uh, starting to talk about a DNI council or what we needed to do from a diversity and inclusion standpoint. Instead, we've been having this conversation for, for years. Um, and 
I think, I think that's important, an important thing. And that's not to say, listen, we have not gotten everything right. We have not had a hundred percent, you know, accuracy or, um, compliance, if you will, with, uh, all of our, you know, DNI practices or, or where we all stand, but we have made it a, a key pillar and a key component to our existence as an organization. And we've been living that for years. And I think this year um, is just a reminder of how important that is. And the fact that, you know, maybe we even need to double down on our efforts there. Maybe we need to uh, do more, be bigger, be better, do, you know, more for one another, do more for the nonprofits that we're working with, um, you know, different things like that. So I'm not sure anything, one thing in particular stands out, Dave, but I think um, it's a good reminder for us that we were, we had started to do the work already, like my friend Joelle says, but, um, you know, we will continue to, to do that work um, through the efforts that we started many years ago. Yeah, I'll say, and and Laura, I'd love to hear your perspective on that as well. But before I throw it to you, I've, I've definitely been inspired over this over the course of the last five or six months, based on you know our town halls that we've had once every couple of weeks, uh, based on the substance and and how genuine our leaders have been, uh, how genuine we all we all have been in support of um, of so much that that we're, we're doing to try and help make the world a better place, one one person at a time, one hour at a time. Uh, and it has made it much easier to wake up and, and go to work in a non-traditional way, you know, going to my, my wife's vanity that I've turned into my desk. Um, but it's been going back to what you said earlier, Maeve, about waking up and wanting to go and be with the people that you're with at work. And uh, I think that's definitely been amplified over this, this time. What, what are your perspectives on that, Lori? Well, to Maeve's point about as far as diversity and inclusion and uh, at Taylor, it's, it's, we have been doing this for quite some time before we were in this space and it feels like it's a great opportunity for Taylor United to showcase what our house has looked like this entire time. It, it's not like Taylor had to, well, let's figure it out and what are other companies doing? It, it's more so that Taylor has been the model of what diversity and inclusion can look like. And we may be able to do more or do better, but our foundation in that area, I think, has been fantastic. And one, one thing I wanted to mention was the initiative that uh, our colleagues Shade and Nisa have started, um, Hold the Press, and just go back a couple of podcasts in our, uh, in our catalog here to hear much more about that. I know that they, they had a conversation uh, as well, just keeping companies in our industry and in the PR industry accountable for what we're saying we're going to do. So um, did want to shout that out in the context uh, of our conversation. But sh shifting a little bit to some of the littler things, less big and structural and, and, and necessary to kind of set up a company for success when it comes to a positive work culture. Lori, you're, you're one of the best um, in the business, I would think, uh, at just kind of knowing and feeling the pulse of what's going on in an office. and from the from the overall pulse to individuals pulses and I think you've been very good at doing little things and thinking of little things to just make a day a little brighter whether it's leaving uh you know leaving flowers on people's desks for the start of spring or, or or whatnot can you just talk about your philosophy on the little things and how that contributes to a positive work culture um yes i'd be happy to the little things um i've noticed and and in the beginning it was something that 
kind of just spoke to my spirit, if you will. Uh, it was uh, the beginning of spring around Valentine's Day. And I decided, I said, well, what a better way to brighten everybody up with the yellow rose. So I came around. And once you start to see the reaction, when people are so focused and, you know, we all are drilling down and on a computer and banging it out and making it happen. And they look up and someone's handing them a yellow rose just because, or their reaction when they come to their desk and someone has left this on their desk and that one small act of kind of random kindness, as they may call it, makes a big difference in someone's day. And the feedback was amazing. So I just wanted to take opportunities moving forward um, to do small things. If I knew someone comes in and they look a little distraught, sometimes asking someone, as I can say that I stole from our friend Joelle, it's, how's your heart? Are you okay? That's nice. And uh, someone may say, oh yeah, well, you know, my dog was sick last night. And, you know, so that's kind of weighing heavy on them. And sometimes just taking just a moment to just listen and say, you know, it's going to be all right, but I'm here if you need me. Just to know you have that reassurance within the workplace is huge. So I've seen the difference that it's made in people's days. And there are some people that never get asked, you know, like sometimes higher level on the food chain, if you will. How many people ask Maeve? Hey, Maeve, how's your day going? You know, and she'll look like, what'd you say? Like, she's so focused on what's going on. And she's like, did you ask me how my day was going? Some of us don't get that, you know, and for someone to say it, it can shift their perspective of the day and eventually hopefully affect the work that they can take a minute to breathe and, and refocus and say, okay, I can do this. You hypothetically talking about like asking Maeve how her day was makes me think of a question I wanted to ask you. You know, Maeve, going back to when Maeve was just kind of starting out. I mean, for everyone who doesn't know, Maeve started as an intern at Taylor and yeah. now she's the damn president. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So Lori, how would you compare Maeve, the intern or close to it when you first knew her, to may have now. So not surprised. I'm just proud that I can say I knew her when. And I'm not I'm so not surprised that she's grown to be the person she is today. She's always been driven. She's always been who we see her. I, I knew her before she was married, before she was a mom. She was I remember <laughs> all of this and I'm so fortunate and that's what I think is such a great part of the Taylor culture is that we get these opportunities to see people grow within their career and in life um, and say, oh, I remember before you became a dad or I remember before this person got married and, mm -hmm. and I've watched Maeve grow into this executive role. And I'll have to say from the moment I met her, I knew she was someone that I really wanted. I was just felt great to just watch her grow. So to see her now as president of the Charlotte office, as thrilled as I was when I heard the news that she was taking on that role, there was this huge other side of me going, mm, yeah, that's Maeve. Mm -hmm. I get it. <laughs> Not shy. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you, Lori. But I, I think um, I think it brings up a, a really good point and, and maybe sort of one of the strongest testaments to 
our our culture at the agency um, and that being you know we want to see people succeed here at Taylor we want to see them grow we want to see them um, be able to to do things like I have in terms of going from intern to to where I am now you know we have folks I mean Dave even you like looking back we're we're five years into this thing. I mean, that's a long time. I would like to point out, you mentioned this before, you say five years. How long ago did you move away from New York? You, I showed up and you left. What the hell? I know. I know. Is that Almost an accident? I'm not sure. I don't know. Almost I'm still figuring it out. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I think, and you, you, if you go around, you go around the room or the virtual room, and we've got a, a tremendous amount of those folks, those folks who have been here for years. Um, we don't want to be a, a stop off place for somebody in their career. We want to be somewhere um, that, that people want to come and learn and grow and, um, you know, want to share their, their life because that's what you're doing. You're sharing your life with it, not only your, your family at home, but also your work family. I mean, we're going through all of this here together um, in, in so many different ways. So we don't want to be that, that stop off. And I think that is a good reminder of why we do the things that we do culturally um and you know whether it be dave to your to your question the small things like happy hours in the office or um flowers on the first day of of spring or um a mug on our our desks for mother's day or um for father's day or whatever it may be i mean just those little things that um, are a good reminder that we're all human beings at the end of the day and like being asked how our heart is Lori, to your point or being asked you know how we're doing or or what our day is like um or, you know, even a little bit bigger things like those little gifts or those little reminders that people are thinking of us. Um, those are important, you know, to us as, as human beings. And um, I, I think we will and, and hope we do continue to do that at Taylor because I think it's sort of the, the underpinning and the, and the foundational stuff that, that makes us who we are. Therefore, then, you know, keeping people around for Dave five plus years, Lori, you're probably somewhere in that 14, 15 year range because I'm right there too. So um, I want us to be able to say that, you know, we have tons of those because we really will um, be Taylor United and a, a truly a family at that point. Early on in my time at Taylor, I was sitting in our old Empire State Building office, one of the conference rooms, and Maeve was in town for the day and you were about to go on vacation for for some period of time, Tony was walking by, Tony, our CEO was walking by, heard that you were going on vacation and he like demanded to get the address that you were going to, to be able to send you, I think he sent you steaks or something crazy. Like that kind of stuff is like unnecessary, un, un, yeah. unthinkable in a great way. Uh, just two things that came to mind as you were talking, maybe thought that was relevant to bring up, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's so important. The little stuff, keep paying attention to each individual person. I, I've seen that and hopefully everybody has in their experience and, they haven't hopefully that they've been able to bring that up and we've been able to fix it and i know we've been painting kind of a rosy picture and it's all true but let's also talk about what times that we've seen factors threaten uh a positive work culture at taylor an inclusive work culture at taylor a welcoming culture at taylor uh, and Lori, I, I wanted to start with you um just telltale signs over your time that you've seen to know that all right maybe we need to take a look under the hood um, I think Taylor has, has gone through 
growth spurts, just like any other uh, agency or company. And it's in those moments where you can, you feel how people are. I think we've always been Taylor United. And sometimes, you know, you don't know you're a sparkling diamond until somebody goes, hey, you're a sparkling diamond. So I think Taylor United has always been in the weave of who Taylor has been for a very long time. Um, that I've witnessed my colleagues just passing in the hall and picking up a vibe and saying, are you okay? You know, like just being able to have that intel for everybody, you know, and as agencies or companies go through growths and ups and downs and how you can still band together and still maintain that level of compassion and empathy and teamwork um, is commendable. So you're saying keep an eye out for the first wisps of smoke versus letting a fire start. That's interesting. Absolutely. What do you, what do you think, May? What, any, anything come to mind, uh, whether it's specific or more in principle? Yeah. Um, so I would say one thing um, that de definitely threatens a culture is, is turnover. Uh, turnover is a tough thing to, to overcome. Um, you know, when somebody walks out the door, it's it, because it, uh, likely they've become part of the family in some capacity, that's, that's a loss. Um, that's a loss from a work standpoint, but it's also a loss culturally for whatever, um, you know, vibe or energy they brought into the office and, and to their colleagues. So um, that can be tough to overcome. Uh, I can think of, of a few folks uh, during my time that there has been sort of a measurable shift in um, the culture of an office, you know, when they're gone. Uh, and it's tough to overcome. But I think one of the good things is it will bounce back as long as you you don't sort of dwell in that in that sort of turnover moment. Um, so I, I think that's that's one piece of it for sure. Um, and then as with anything, um, a, a negative energy, like if you're bringing a negative energy into the office, um, that that's harmful to those around you. It's harmful to, to yourself, to the work that you're, the work product that you're offering. So, um, you know, keeping sort of as positive of a, of an energy as you can, um, in the workplace, I think it is important and listen, it's not always easy. Um, but I think, you know, this is actually a good reminder for, for us all working um, remotely as we are. You know, maybe we just need to take a day. Like, maybe I just, I'm not public facing today. <laughs> maybe I got to turn off my Zoom camera or uh, I have to, you know, I'm going to work from home today because I just, I, I need a moment. I'm not having a good day. Dave knows this. Like, I, there are times when I wake up on the wrong side of the bed and I no, um, and you know what? I think it's just a good reminder that like we could take that moment for ourselves and, and frankly for our teammates um, <laughs> to, to take a step back and just say like, I'm going to catch, catch up with you all later or tomorrow or what have you. And I'm just going to kind of head down and, and keep working today. So I think, you know, some of those things and they're, and they're sort of the basics, but when you're in a work environment, um, they kind of, they can become exacerbated based on sort of work stressors or client stressors or, or what have you. So um, they're always good things to, 
sort of check ourselves with um, and see, you know, what is the energy like that I'm bringing into the environment today? So. Yeah. Energy. That's interesting. And, and it's tough because uh, energy is just different now working remotely. So I think we'll, we'll get into that in a second, just the, the reality of working remotely and the reality that this might be at least a part of our permanent state going forward. But um, yeah, there's just different ways, I guess, to show up with positive or negative energy when it comes to working remotely versus in the office when it can maybe be sussed out a little quicker if you're among people in person, maybe is, is tougher to kind of bust that out uh, in, uh, in virtual settings. But we'll keep learning about that and figuring it out going forward. Another thing you mentioned I thought was interesting, the concept of just knowing when it's time to take a day. I think uh, we've gotten better over the course of recent years uh, on the manager level and above of encouraging that for direct reports, kind of knowing when to pull that lever of take some time off um, and going really to the things that matter for people. Because at a certain point, I know we talked a lot earlier about flowers on desks and little acts of kindness, absolutely incredibly important. But I think at a certain point, those stop to have an effect on somebody who maybe really be struggling with something and they need either a day off or a bigger conversation about their role or uh, whether that, that conversation becomes about um, compensation, let's say uh, just bigger things. And I think Taylor has been willing to have those conversations with its people. And I feel like other places I've been not necessarily the case. So it's an interesting balancing act and one that uh, is hard to get right every single time. But I, know, I just, just thought it was an interesting way to think about the balance between small and large again, uh, like we were talking about before. But um, yeah, working from home, permanently here for the last five months has definitely been been a challenge um, when it comes to a work culture standpoint from my perspective and would love to hear your thoughts as well just because it's less natural to connect with people uh, you have to kind of really make an effort every single time to have those informal conversations uh, and there are people you know in my mind that I maybe would have seen uh, every single day and had a conversation about something that we we share whether it's sports or movies or tv uh, I can't say every one of those connections has been maintained here over the last five months. Um, uh, it's just hard uh, to keep that going. What, what are your thoughts about those more informal in-office interactions that maybe have gone by the wayside? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. And I've actually not maybe paused to give it, to give much thought to some of those more casual interactions. I mean, we have our are people who we are either working with day to day or we're in senior leadership meetings with or, or what have you. But there are those folks who, you know, sometimes the interactions, the only interactions you have are those in the hallway and or in the kitchen or getting coffee or, or what have you. Um, so I, I think it's actually a good reminder, Dave, that like perhaps we need to take a, take a second and say like, oh, are there people that like I spoke to before that maybe I just want to give a quick Hey, how's it going? That quick shout out to, um, and I think if we both sat here and thought about it, or if we all sat here and thought about it, like there probably are a couple, right? Like, oh yeah, I haven't really heard from them at all. Or, um, so I think it's a, it's a good reminder, but it is, it's a wild experience. Um, most people know this about me. I was never a strong work from home uh, proponent for myself. Um, I just, I was never clear on how I could get it done from here. Um, and listen, some days I'm still not quite sure if I can get it done or if I am getting it done um, from the guest room of, of this house. But um, beautifully painted I, elephant and draft behind you. Yeah. You, you, paint, you painted those, right? Nice. Uh, I, yeah. I thought she bought those. 
No, I, I painted this starts. elephant and my mom painted that giraffe. I love those. Oh, thanks. Um, but uh, I, I think it's a, it was a good sort of reset for me that like people can be in different places. They can exist and, and get their job done in, in different environments. Um, so I think it's a good reminder for, for myself and for, for all of us that um, you know, people thrive in different types of situations. And it'll be important to see uh, how that continues when we do hopefully get back to uh, to the office and into um, sort of the next phase of, of, of 2020 or 2021 or 2025, whenever that uh, comes about. <laughs> you mentioned maybe just the, the people that maybe have, have not uh, connected with as often. Lori is one of those people for me. I don't see you nearly enough, Lori. That's on, that's on me. We got to talk more. We had a couple conversations, obviously, <laughs> over the course of, of time, but um, now we podcast together. So, I mean, I think it's got to, we got to, we got to make this a more frequent occurrence. I would love that. I would love that. This is, this is great. Yes. For me, it's different being on the operations side. Like my team is, it's three of us, Andrew and Myra and Brian Harris, four of us, sorry. Uh, so the team meetings are not that large. So I really miss, um, uh, to May's point, the vibe of the office, just the energy when, because my desk is so central to the conference rooms, when people are coming in and out and the Guinness team goes out and the Smirnoff team comes in, and like that energy, it, it, it feeds the pulse of the office. And I think we all feed off of it, you know, and it's in a good way. And uh, once that's removed, you kind of feel like, you know, the child left out on the corner and you can't find mommy. It's like, okay, I don't have that energy. So now you got to dig a little deeper to pull that energy um, together and have that kind of vibe without it. And because so, be, being someone who is so adamant about work culture and understanding how important it is, the next challenge was how do you manage culture virtually? Because when you're in the office and it's St. Patrick's Day or it's Valentine's Day or it's National Donut Day or National <laughs> Cookie Day and I get to buy all these different types of cookies and different kinds of donuts, everybody's like, oh my God, and I'm going to diet. And, you know, and all those <laughs> things. Like, it's, you know, it's just this really great space to watch people just that light up happen. That's something just is outside of and away from all the amazing work that they do to take those little moments, but to dig a little deeper and be a little bit more creative on how to make that culture still keep its pulse, but do it virtually. Love that. Yeah. I love that. So let's get to the last word. I want to ask you both a question. It's going to go back to a lot of things we've already talked about, but I want to just get the succinct final answer. If someone came along and they're working at some other company and they're struggling with how to make their workplace a better, more open, more positive culture, what would be the elevator conversation you'd have with that person? I'll start with you, Maeve. The, the, the main thing you would say, like, what, where do you start? If it's even a question you can answer. It's a tough question to answer, but um, an elevator speech on like why culture is important. How, how can I, what, where, where do I start? What's my step one? Uh, my, my company needs a better culture. What's, what's the place you would say to start? Uh, I would say make sure that you have 
um, the right folks around you. Make sure that uh, those around you and in your organization are those who um, have uh, not the same values because uh, we don't need all you know robots running around with the same thoughts and values and, and expressions, but um, make sure that they're complementary to yours and that they're people that you want to sort of go into um, into into the future with and build a culture around. Um, there are some folks in an organization who are just going to be that that keystone to to the culture. Um, they're going to hold the keys to what uh, you know you stand for as an organization culturally, and make sure you have those people, and then build the culture around that. So make sure you have strong hiring practices and retention practices for individuals who are are going to live up to the ideals of the culture that you ultimately want to to achieve, whether it's you know um, a creative culture or uh, inclusive or all of the above, all that good stuff. Um, make sure that you're building it around individuals who who have that same drive. Lori, what would you say? Um, I would say know your audience. Every company has its own feel. Every company has staff. We have we all have a common thread. Um, I coined it quite a few years ago. It's the tailor it factor. I can't describe it. I don't know what it is, but when you meet someone who's got the it factor, that's a tailor person, we all share that common thread. And when you know your audience, when you start there and you're in tune with the people who you work with, you can successfully maintain culture because you, that will drive you to what speaks to them. All right. Thank you for listening. You've just heard from three longtime staffers about what makes Taylor hashtag Taylor United, as well as the do's and the don'ts of fostering an open, welcoming, inclusive work culture. So what does it come down to in the end? See your people, listen to your people, and always be looking to bring new backgrounds and new perspectives into the room. So thanks to Maeve. Thanks to Lori. I'm Dave, and this has been Shapers of Influence. Well, that wraps up this episode of Taylor's Shapers of Influence. To learn more about what we do at Taylor, you can find us at taylorstrategy.com. Looking for more episodes of the podcast? Find us wherever you stream stuff. We're on iTunes and other major streaming platforms. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Taylor Strategy. Thanks for stopping by and tuning in. Peace.